0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's AppleChat Healthcare webinar. We host webinars a couple times a month, typically around nurse recruitment and healthcare recruitment and HR issues. So we're excited to have our next webinar today. And we're looking at the topic of improving the talent acquisition hiring manager relationship. We're getting a really great response to this one, uh, so I'm really excited about the interest. Uh, we know this is a topic that uh, the folks that we talk to in healthcare talent acquisition are really interested in, and so we're excited to have Christy Andrews join us today from the Talent Board to chat about that. Hi, Christy, welcome.
1: Hi, Patrick. Thanks so much. Sure. I'm so, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So and. While we're letting a few people join the room, I'll just give a little bit of background about Applichat and what the plan is for for today. So as I said, I'm with Applichat Healthcare. I'm the chief operating officer at Applichat Healthcare. We work with healthcare organizations throughout the US and Canada to help them find more nurses, which obviously is a big need these days, our specialty is sourcing passive nurse candidates from outside of the job boards. So we're able to get a much bigger audience of nurses to fill our clients' vacancies. That's our specialty. As part of that, we also screen and engage with every applicant to make sure they're both a good fit and qualified for our healthcare clients and also interested in working with that client. So that's what we do. And I'm happy to share with anyone who's interested in finding out more about that. Please connect with me. And I can tell you about that. We can have a conversation about our services, and if there's something we do that could fit for your organization, I just put a link in the chat, in the comments here, which is a link to my online business card, where you'll see all of our online resources, free free res- resources regarding nurse recruitment, and also uh, how you can connect with me. And um, on that note, about the free resources, I want to mention that you can, at that link, you can view all of our past webinars, again, around nurse recruitment, healthcare recruitment, HR issues. You can also sign up for our future online events. We also have the link there to our Nurse Recruitment Secrets Facebook group. So encourage you to join that and join our community to talk about nurse recruitment in that venue as well. We also have a regular Nurse Recruitment Secrets newsletter that you can subscribe to there as well. And as I mentioned, of course, the information about how to connect with me. So, as I mentioned on today's webinar, we are going to discuss the important relationship between talent acquisition professionals and hiring managers. And we're going to talk about some strategies that healthcare organizations can implement to streamline these processes, reduce time to hire, and ultimately make more quality hires, which is obviously the goal. So I mentioned that Christy's with us from the Talent Board. Christy Andrews has worked in human resources and talent acquisition for more than 10 years. She's been the Director of Learning Programs and Advisory Services with the Talent Board since August, 2021. And we're thrilled to have you with us today, Christy. And I I did see when in my LinkedIn feed, You posted a few weeks ago about the customized workshops the Talent Board puts on regarding talent acquisition and hiring manager relations. And I thought, well, I know that's an issue for us, so uh, at least uh, for the clients we talk to. And so I thought that'd be a really good topic so I really appreciate you joining us today. And just before we do get started I want to say that both Christy and I were speaking before that we love to get the audience questions, comments, so please in the comments section or the chat section please post any comments or questions you have for Christy and we'd be thrilled to try and get to those throughout the conversation. If not in the moment, we'll try and get to those at the end. So please feel free to provide any feedback, comments, questions throughout the the conversation. So on that note, let's get started. So I think, as I said, Chrissy, we talked about how the relationship between hiring managers and talent acquisition, there obviously can be challenges, there's challenges in any relationship and human interactions in the workplace. We do know that there's some things, things can fall down a little bit in that, interaction as we're trying to get from point A of a vacancy posted to point B of having someone in the position. So um, I'm really excited to hear your perspective on that and what you've learned in developing the workshops. But maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about the talent board first. What's the talent board and, and what do you do there?
1: Sure. So, Talent Board is a benchmark research firm, and it, our, our benchmark is, is centered around candidate experience. Um, we have actually had thirteen over 1,300 companies participate throughout the years we've been doing this benchmarking for uh, a little over 11 years now. Um, we've also surveyed 1.4 million candidates to date. That includes um, our benchmarking from uh, 2022. Um, And so what we do um, is we actually give away candy awards and candy is short for candidate experience. Um, And we take and aggregate all of the scores in four different regions in North America, EMEA, APAC and Latin America, um, where we have companies participating in all of them. And um, we figure out the highest ratings and highest candy scores and those that are above average do receive candy awards each year. Um, And then we also publish at the end of the year our benchmark research report, um, which for 2022 is coming out in just a few weeks. I think it's going to be available um, just after Christmas. Um, And then if you are interested in participating in the benchmarking to find out how your candidate experience is uh, from your own candidates, um, the benchmarking opens again each year in late January and runs until August 31st is uh, the cutoff to collect all of those those surveys.
0: Oh, great. That's really interesting. And before I forget, I should say that, well, some of our audience might recall that back, I think it was in August, we interviewed your colleagues, Kevin and Adela, about improving the candidate experience, which is a really interesting webinar. And again, we got a really great response. So that's live on our uh, YouTube page at the link that I posted in the chat. So if people want to go back and find that later, that's really interesting as well. So great, thanks for sharing that about Talent Board. And tell us a little bit about your role as Director of Learning Programs and Advisory Services.
1: So um, the things that I do, um, I definitely create our virtual workshops, we usually try to get uh, around five or six of those um, each year, um, you know, centering around the hottest topics Um, And I also participate in our virtual conferences that we usually have twice a year um, with content within that as well. And then we also have our candy awards um, coupled with the conference once a year, usually around in late October and November. And then I also am uh, charged with taking care of those companies that hire us to help them um, with whatever issues they might be having as far as we do optimization projects. Um, we also do um, customized training, which includes um, training for recruiting your uh, talent acquisition team and your hiring managers, and uh, that was actually the post that you had saw right. that kind of got this whole ball rolling was the one about the the customizable workshops right. for the relations between the talent acquisition and hiring managers.
0: Okay, great! Wow, interesting job. I think sounds like I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So. Um, You know, we, as I mentioned, we've talked about some of the things where things fall down a little bit in that relationship. We know that uh, it always helps if anyone understands the roles of the the other folks that they're dealing with. And sometimes we see that that can be a challenge, sometimes talent acquisition. And we're, we're, as I said, we're specifically in healthcare, you speak. With organizations more broadly, but I think, uh, and we do have an audience today. There's going to be people both in healthcare and other fields, and also we're going to have talent acquisition and hiring managers on in our audience as well today, from big and small organizations. And I did hear from people who said, you know, we have a brand new team of recruiters, and we're excited about this this webinar. So I know that uh, you know sometimes we hear our clients tell us, you know, we don't understand. We send the the client, we send the applicant over to the hiring manager and we just can't get them to do the interview. It seems to take forever. We don't, it's really frustrating. And then on the other hand, we hear hiring managers say, why can't TA understand our needs and our our um, our the demands on us in, in the workplace, especially if they're, for example, a, a nurse manager on a floor with a lot of pressures. So, But with all that in mind, you've identified or the talent board's identified some real key markers of success in terms of talent acquisition timelines and process. And I think that might be a really good place to start in terms of sharing what you see as this is successful. If you can achieve this in whatever industry and and role you're in, then it's a success. So let's talk about that. And you prepared this this slide. Sure. So
1: um, from our candy benchmarking uh, year after year, we have identified um, these few things that are. Candy award winners do consistently. Um, it's 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 really difficult to maintain an, an excellent candidate experience, but um, those those companies that participate in the benchmarking year after year um, do these things on a regular basis as often as they can. And you know, the first thing is to you know disposition within three to five days. And essentially, what that means is if if you've got a candidate, they're just not qualified. Disposition them, you know, let them go, let them move on, give them the courtesy of saying, you know, the whole thanks, but no thanks um, and try to do that within three to five days. Um, the, The like I said, the 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 companies that are the highest winners with the highest scores definitely try to do that consistently. And then, of course, you know, delivering consistent communication to your candidates throughout the entire process, you know, not just that first automated email that goes out, thanks for your application, Um, you know, all the way through, let them know, you know, what's going on, what's going to happen next. Um, And then, of course, delivering a fair interviewing experience, and that usually derives from um, a structured interviewing process. Sure. Um, candidates definitely do feel that that is more fair when they feel like they're being asked the same questions as the candidate before them, as the candidate after them. Um, and then the other thing is is consistently make those offers maybe a little bit quicker um, within one week of that final interview. Uh, speed is of, of the essence these days. Um, any candidate that's sitting on your plate uh, waiting to get an offer probably has three to four other offers Mm-hmm. Um, that they've already received. Sure. And then always make sure that you're setting expectations with your candidates from the beginning all the way to the end let them know, like I said, what's going to happen next? When is it going to happen next? You know, Should they expect a communication from you within three days, five days, what have you, set that up. Doing that also helps to keep not only your recruiters, but your hiring managers also on task as far as, okay, I've got five days to make this decision. I need to make this this decision. The candidate is expecting you know, some sort of communication.
0: Sure, yeah, so it sounds like a lot of this is about having a really structured plan, right? Anytime you have a plan, things are gonna go more smoothly and more consistently. And as you say, that's so important for candidates to, to have consistency and uh, also about setting expectations is critical for candidates. But I know that's also a theme when it comes to the relationship between uh, talent acquisition and and hiring managers as well, right? Like there needs to be expectations, reasonable expectations on on both sides. So, okay, that's really interesting. Well, these are really... um, I think probably all of our audience would agree if they can achieve these benchmarks, this would be uh, really valuable for their organization. And if anyone has comments about how you're doing and achieving those benchmarks, feel free to put those in the chat. We'd be interested to hear about that. So um, on that note, you've also identified some strategies, some key strategies that really help to Uh, address any challenges or roadblocks in that relationship between talent acquisition and hiring managers. So let's talk about what you've come up with uh, on on that note. And and the first one you've identified is talking about how from a talent acquisition perspective, the hiring managers in the interview process is just something that's outside of the control. They've done their part and then we have to let the other side do their part. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, so it, it, they really are the, the hiring managers, and and no offense to anybody that's here on this webinar, um, and the interviewing process. It really is the unknown variable that comes from the talent acquisition team. You know, as the talent acquisition team, we've got control of the processes, the stages, the communications, all of that. You know, and we can even put policies into place that are centered around elevating the candidate experience. We can even go so far as to putting processes in place for structured interviewing practices. But the one thing that we don't have control over is the hiring managers. And you know what, the hiring managers are busy. Mm -hmm. Um, Interviewing and giving feedback is not their priority. They've got all of the other things that they need to do. Um, And there can even be the hiring managers that don't follow the SLAs if they're in place or the interviewing guides that are provided. Both parties just really need to try to meet in the middle, be empathetic towards each other um, and understand each other's struggles and the strengths and build on that.
0: Yeah, so part of that is probably it's a little bit about the culture of the organization, right? Like in terms of fostering that knowledge and that sharing of information between the different roles. They are such different roles, but they're so, they're obviously so critical to to work together. But if there's no support for um, getting to know each other and understanding these roles, that's going to be really challenging, isn't it?
1: it? Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: So you mentioned in the next bullet that um, you encourage recruiters to approach hiring managers in a consultative manner to talk about that.
1: Yeah. You know what, rather than being an order taker, partner with your hiring managers in a consultative type of way. You know, keep in mind that the recruiters are actually the subject matter matter experts when it comes to the recruiting. Expound on that strength and build a stronger relationship with your hiring managers. You know, after all, you are partners in trying to fill this open role. You're, You're not working against each other. You're going to that same common goal, which is to get somebody um to fill that role
0: right yeah that that's critical i mean we we, that's just part of if you can express that you're wanting to take their expertise and understand their role it really goes a long way in setting up that relationship to to work both ways right i think that's yeah and and i think i mean
1: i know myself um when i was recruiting i fell into um, i knew the things that i knew but i wasn't sharing those things that i knew and i was the one who was frustrated and i you know i had to take ownership in that and share my knowledge with the hiring manager so that they can understand um you know the, the whole process the, the from start to finish
0: okay sure and just on this note as i mentioned before especially most of our audience is working in healthcare um, and with the demands that hiring managers are under these days, not just in, in hiring, but in their day-to-day job, it's, uh, there's a lot of challenges. And I think talent acquisition, of course, understands that. But there's probably a lot of intricacies that it's, it's hard to understand if you're not on the ground. So that communication's really, really helpful. Um, so there's also an element that you talked about, about helping to provide information and awareness to hiring managers. From the perspective, again, of talent acquisition.
1: Yeah. So, you know, rather than being frustrated with your hiring manager that just doesn't get it, help them get it. You know, within the healthcare recruiting, knowing that there is a nationwide shortage of nurses and that the average age of those nurses is 41 years old, Mm -hmm. and that nurses abandoned healthcare without looking back during the pandemic, and that the median wage has increased exponentially over the past three years, that's your job. You live it, you breathe it, you deal with it on a daily basis. Your hiring managers don't. They have their own full plate. And they just want to get candidates from you if you are the recruiter. Help them to understand, you know, during the intake call, uh, give them those facts and figures and give them a list of pain points of these candidates that you're going to be looking for, the wants and the needs of the candidates and help the hiring managers to understand just how difficult it is right now to recruit in the healthcare market.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, those are um, all pieces that a hiring manager is not going to have time, or maybe the background to really start looking into, right? And they really need to rely on the role of human resources or talent acquisition to, to understand those pieces. We've got you. You're starting to refer to some tools. I know we have a slide with a lot of the the tools that people can uh, use or uh, resources, websites, and we'll we'll share that slide in a minute, and people can have a look at those on their own as well. So, um, okay. And the next point you raised was about the total investment of effort across the organization and talent acquisition and helping hiring managers to understand the full picture.
1: Yeah. Um, Sometimes we just get uh, so deep in our misery that we don't look up, (laughs) you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, does your hiring manager know how many nurses you're sourcing and reaching out to on a daily basis just to hear crickets, you know, right? Um, Does your hiring manager know that you've been nurturing that perfect candidate for the past three weeks, and you're still hoping that they're going to agree to an interview? Does your hiring manager hiring manager know the number of candidates that pour in for those supportive high volume roles? Does your hiring manager know that you have to sift through hundreds of resumes to narrow your submittal package to those five to 10 candidates? Help them understand. You know, Is it possible to give them visibil- visibility to your pipeline? Is it possible to give them visibility into those recruitment stages? So I have a story I want to tell. I worked in high volume retail sales and the relationship with the hiring managers was definitely less than desirable. Mm -hmm. And I was tasked with finding a new applicant tracking system. I felt that it was important for the hiring managers to be in that applicant tracking system. Now, I didn't necessarily want them to have free reign, Mm -hmm. but I did want them to see the number of candidates how quickly my recruiters scanned the resumes and how many candidates were in each stage. And most importantly, how many candidates were sitting on their plate waiting for interviews.
0: Mm. And
1: I still remember about four months after the implementation implementation was completed, I got the call, you know, that call, the call from the hiring manager that said to me, Christy, I had no idea. And the relationship, it started to repair from there. We became a functioning team. All of my recruiters and the hiring managers started working together to hire our new employees. And that's really important. I know that there's a lot of talent acquisition folk that are thinking, no way am I letting my hiring managers into my applicant tracking system. You know, they're they're right. getting so sophisticated that you can add users that, and you can dictate what they are able to see, what they're able to do. Um, it was eye-opening for that group of hiring managers to be able to see the pipeline and and see the candidates in each stage. So um, something I definitely recommend.
0: That makes lots watch. of sense. And again, it's about communication and setting up reasonable expectations, right? Every hiring manager thinks that, and believes that their vacancies are the biggest priority in the organization, right? They're no. probably actually not wrong often. <laughs> I mean, yep. all, they all have high priorities. Um, but understanding the bigger picture, and even sometimes understanding that if, if talent acquisitions getting a specific direction from management, it helps for all of the, the entire team, all of the team members, hiring managers to know that, right? So if they know that the TA is under a pressure to do to accomplish something specific, and that may mean that their requisition is going to, to take a little bit longer, that's at least an expectation then that it could take longer rather than, than be re- coming down real quick. So yeah, and hey. I mean
1: that's helpful to know. And you know, if if allowing the hiring managers into the applicant tracking system is just a, a no, a no-go, it's not going to happen. You know, there's reports that can be run on a daily basis on a weekly basis that can be sent to the hiring managers to show candidates in each stage, you know, um how many actually came in from the beginning and are now, you know, dispositioned and gone. Um, to be able to see those numbers and, you know, be able to uh, touch and feel them, I think makes a difference for the hiring managers, um, you know, as far as understanding what their recruiters are going through uh, sure. and vice versa. You know, the, the recruiters do need to keep in mind that, like I said before, interviewing candidates is not the first thing. That's not the inter- the hiring manager's priority. Of course. There's so many other things, like you mentioned, the scenario of the, the, the charge nurse who's making the hiring decisions, I can't even imagine what's on that person's plate, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's fair. You touched on this a little bit as well, but part of the communication and helping hiring managers understand the challenges is uh, you've got another bullet here about providing market insights to hiring managers. Do you have something more to add about that?
1: I, I do. You know, again, we need to remember that as talent acquisition folk, we are the subject matter experts, you know, share with your hiring managers. Why was the offer declined? The number of organizations hiring the same role in a 30-mile radius. You can definitely find that information. Salary offers that your candidates are getting from your competition. You know that. Your candidates are telling you. The speed at which your competition is making offers and actually hiring and people getting people through onboarding and in the door. All that information is going to convey the urgency that you feel every single day and probably sometimes in your sleep too, I know I did. Sure. <laughs> but this type of information is critical for your busy hiring managers because they're busy too. But it helps them to understand um, that they need to make those decisions quicker, why they need to make those decisions quicker, and it, that will only help to get that top down into the door.
0: That makes sense. And,
1: and idea we have a we have a slide a little bit later mm. um, that we'll leave up for a little while so you guys mm. can take notes or even take a picture of it with your uh, phone. Right. Um, all of the different that I found useful to get market insights on uh, many different roles, not just not just healthcare, but many many different roles.
0: Sure, and maybe I'll just add that we at Applechat we find similar to this what you're talking about it sharing and educating hiring managers about market insights. We find that really useful when we're working with our healthcare clients because we have a different perspective. We only source nurses. uh, That's really the bulk of what we do across the US and Canada. So we come in with a a little bit different perspective than most of our healthcare organizations. And really when we have good two-way communication and uh, open mindedness about understanding each other and understanding a different perspective. Uh, we can have a lot of success and and it really aids the relationship as well in terms of again, setting reasonable expectations for what's going to come from uh, any sourcing uh, and uh, hiring activities. so that's that's interesting. yeah well. and
1: and I know that the talent acquisition people on this call are super busy. Um, I know that everybody has a rec load that's out of control mostly. Yep. Um, and I know that thinking about trying to do this research just seems like such a big job. For sure. <clears throat> and when when I was doing the hiring in, in those uh, high volume roles, it was actually a lot of um, uh, rural areas that I had to try to find candidates. And this is where this research really started to make a difference for me in my job. And when I would get an open role, a a new role that I had to, you know, uh, start looking for, I made it a habit to spend anywhere from one to two hours. I would literally block it off on my calendar so that nothing else could come through and do this research market insight so that I could obviously identify my candidates and know where to find them, but also share that information with the hiring managers. And it, as I said before, it, it seems like it's just a whole lot of work. The more you do this type of research, finding these insights, the quicker you're going to be. You're going to go to those easier. same, yeah. Sure. You're going to go to those same resources. You know, the first time you do it for an open role, it might take you two, three, four hours to find all of the information that you think you need. You know, two, three, four, five times down the line, it's only going to take you maybe thirty minutes to an hour. So you,
0: you know where to look, and you're developing expertise on the on the topic as well, so you can. Can just update more quickly. Yes, That's great. yes,
1: exactly. And and this is that doing this type of research is just really helping for you to be that more consulted partner rather mm-hmm. than that order taker. Right. You know, here's a role I got to post a job and find my candidates. You know what? Let the hiring manager know. You know that there's you know a, a huge hospital right down the street and they're offering bonuses and they've upped their right. pay and all that good stuff. If, if that information is out there, find it and, and you know, give it to the hiring manager so they understand, wow, I need to move fast on this one when you give me somebody.
0: For sure. Yeah, for sure. So you'll see I put the slide up while you were speaking to let people have time to take some notes or, like you said, take a, a photo of that. Uh, and these are U.S. This is U.S. data. Of course, I know we have some Canadian um folks in, in our audience as well but and uh that information is obviously available in Canada we can help you find that but uh this is really useful so thanks for for sharing that Christy yeah um, go ahead
1: I, I don't I don't mean to interrupt you but I think that the onet is Global I think okay I think, I'm not 100 positive um and and pay scale and comparably that's global as well perfect um, oh, that's Sipia, great. I think is North America okay so it might include Canada
0: Okay, good. We'll check that out for our our, our audience. Awesome, yeah. thanks for sharing those. And then you, there's one more bullet on your, on the previous slide about implementing, now this is about agreements, SLAs, between- human... Service level agreements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be,
1: between your recruiter and your hiring manager. And if you don't have them, mm-hmm. again, this may seem like a daunting task, like, oh my gosh, who has time? Um, if you make the time the first time to create a service level agreement, each time after that, you're just kind of taking that template and then you're plugging in all of, you know, the, the new information that you might need. But, you know, it, it's going to help build that relationship to a healthy level. Um, expectations are so needed on both parties, both sides, um, you know, first to know where they stand, second to know what to expect. Um, and having service level agreements in place can really help both parties to be accountable for what it is they're supposed to do and when.
0: Can you talk a little bit about more about that, about what they're supposed to do and when, what kind of factors or what elements are typically included or best included in an SLA?
1: So, you know, the, the obvious, um, you know, um, how quickly are, you know, how quickly is the recruiter going to get Um, candidates to the hiring manager. Um, Are you going to submit, you know, a minimum of three candidates at a time? Are the candidates going to go one at a time? Um, How quickly is the recruiter expecting feedback on those screen candidates from the hiring manager? You know, does it need to be within 24 hours? Most likely, usually, yes. (laughs) But, you know, if they need that three to five day window, give them that window. Um, You know, uh, how quickly... Is the recruiter going to get feedback after the interview? Who is going to follow up with those silver medalists that are not moving forward? Is it going to be the recruiters? Is it HR? Is it the hiring manager? Are they going to make a phone call? Are they going to create, you know, an email? Um, r- really interesting when we were at our um, conference in Dallas, just this past November, I did a panel um, and it was interesting because there was, i shoot, I cannot remember who it was, but she had started to ask up front of her candidates if they wanted a phone call or an email um, as far as that, that feedback up. of I'm not moving forward. And surprisingly, most candidates wanted an email or not hmm. to know at all.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And I just thought that was so <laughs> surprising. Because you that know, we're always saying make the phone call, make the phone call, make the phone right. call. Well, you know, guess who's coming into um being the the largest portion in the workforce uh, it's the millennials. And I think we all know that millennials don't answer the phone. It's calls. pretty
0: hard to get people to answer the phone. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, putting in there, are you going to make a phone call? Are you going to do, you know, that, that um, personally craft, crafted email? Can it be a template that you change a few things, making okay. sure that you're giving feedback um, but it can still be a templated type of email. All of those things can go inside the service level agreement um, you know, also, uh, how often are we going to refresh these jobs to make sure that they're the first ones that candidates right. are seeing if we're doing that, um, you know, are you going to be, um, sourcing and, you know, how long are we going to wait, um, you know, before we close it, let it rest and reopen it. All of those factors can go into the service level agreements.
0: That's really interesting. I have a couple of questions And maybe before I do, I'll, I'll share or ask the audience if you do have. service level agreement we'd be interested to hear just in the comment in the chat you can say yes or no um and i'm on that note uh, i'm curious chrissy what your experience is working with employers do you see slas between talent acquisition and hiring managers are common or rare or what's what's the status out there what do you see
1: so um on a side note um healthcare is actually um our top five uh industries for uh companies that participate in our benchmarking great. year after year so um we actually do deal with healthcare quite a bit um and what i hear anecdotally is that service level agreements are common
0: okay they're great. not followed Ah, oh, okay. So there, yeah, of course, <laughs> it's like anything, right? If you have a policy, you have to follow it or an agreement. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well,
1: so they're in place, but okay. unfortunately I do hear from both sides um, that they're not being followed. They can be, so there needs to yeah. be some
0: consistency and follow through, especially when staff change, right? If staff changes, we can't just let it drop off. Uh, if uh, the previous staff member was involved in implementation and it can get lost, uh, in the transition. So, okay. Very interesting. Well, and are there any templates anywhere that uh, our audience can access uh, SLA template?
1: Um, I I'm putting I, you on the spot. You now. are putting me on the spot. I, I have one, but it's not public anywhere. It's just okay. sitting on my laptop. Got it. Um, and you want to know what? Um, on that very last slide, Um, there, uh, there will be my email and then also my LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, Christy Andrews, you know, at talent board, um, ask me for um, a connection and if you're interested in getting the template, I certainly can get it to you. Perfect. That's no problem at all.
0: Great. And I'm going to put this slide up one more time in case people didn't get some of this information the first time. Um, and so it's there, people can take a screenshot or, or jot that down. So that's great. Those are some really useful strategies, things to think about. Um, anything else you want to add about, the relationship or from either the perspective of talent acquisition or hiring managers?
1: You know, um, one thing, and I, I think it's kind of basic, but I think it's important, you know, doing, um, I think everybody calls it something different, the, the intake meeting, the, mm-hmm. the the phone call, the, the video conference that you have with the hiring manager when there is a new role that's going to be opened. Um, you know, making sure that you're going into that phone call, make sure those phone calls or those calls, first of all, happen, you know, yeah. have those intake meetings. What are you looking for? What do you want? But go into that phone call prepared with some of this information, with the research that you're going to do, um, you know, on the demographics and and all of that market insight and have that conversation while you're on the call, whether it's video call, you know, if you're meeting in the conference room, whatever, um, and have that information available to the hiring manager. First of all, it's going to kind of flip a little bit and they're going to be like, oh, wow, this is interesting. You did this research? Okay, brownie point, right, for the right. for the recruiters. <laughs> right. um, but second of all, you know, definitely then follow up immediately after you're done with this call with an email that says, this is what we talked about. This is what you're looking for. This is the timeline. Here is the SLA, <laughs> you know, make it an attach make it an yeah. attachment to the, that email follow up so then when things start to get a little sticky and your hiring manager maybe isn't responding the way that you would like them to um rather than just sitting and being frustrated you could just you know find that email and say, Hey, you know, we talked about this, this, and this, I was hoping to hear from, you know, you by this time about this candidate and those types of things, you know, you're presenting yourself more at, as I said, in the very beginning, that, that business partner, right. um, that consultant, rather than the order taker, who's just taking orders and trying to fill them.
0: Yeah. That's great. That, that makes so much sense. Um, now, I was going to mention earlier, and there's something else that popped into my mind and it popped out again, but one thing when you were speaking about that relationship and the expectations of timing, of course, it's gonna really be different in in every type of uh, situation. One of the things we do at AppleChat, we deliver virtual hiring events. So we'll source, nurses in particular to come into an organization to participate in a virtual hiring event. And then talent acquisition needs to convince the hiring manager to commit a block of time. Typically, it's about four hours to do interviews that day. Now, of course, um, those hiring managers are extremely busy. So for them to find four hours is very difficult. Of course, they're going to have to do interviews eventually, just usually not in a four hour block of time. So I think that's an example of of how that healthy relationship, understanding the value of what you're bringing to the table in terms of the the model, in this case, an event and the number of applicants that are going to come in the door and can be quickly hired. If you have that relationship and can share that um that can really really help get your hiring managers on board do you have any other comments about that or any examples
1: um i I really don't i uh, when i was recruiting yes i did the virtual um uh, hiring events tried to get the hiring managers on and um what i would do is i would try to block them off for 30 minutes that seemed reasonable to them and they would be willing to do that um, and if I needed to fill a four-hour window because my event was four hours long, I would get four hiring managers, bump, 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 you know, um, and, and put those in uh, to at least, it, it, it looks from the candidate's viewpoint looking in that the hiring managers that are there and engaged um, so yeah, that that's a tricky one, and that is difficult. But you know, again, meet in the middle um, and try to figure out where um, you can negotiate and uh, both come out happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Sounds good. So I have a couple of comments in the chat. One, I'll just respond to to Lucas. Uh, yeah, for sure. You can find all of our previous webinars at the link that I shared earlier. It's here again. Um, it's in the in the chat. And I'll share it on the screen again one more time. So if you go to that link, you'll find a link to to finding all of our previous webinars. And then, um, Krista, you talked uh, earlier and actually throughout about the importance of of tracking and follow up. And obviously, there needs to be a really good system for on the talent acquisition side of making sure we know, okay, how long? When did we send that applicant to the hiring manager? What are the timelines? What follow up is needed? marina is asking if there's any advice about a specific applicant tracking system or uh <laughs> any thoughts about that that might be hard for you to to answer but i thought i'd, I'd let you know that marina's asking that question
1: um yeah and and honestly um there's a shoot i wish i had it up on my screen on one of my screens somewhere there's actually a website that you can go to and if any of you know what i'm talking about put it in the chat or patrick if you know Um, Where you can go and you can actually, um, you can compare and contrast all of the different applicant tracking systems, plus all of the tech stacks that go with those applicant tracking systems. Um, I have implemented four different applicant tracking systems, you know, and they all had their bells and whistles for very specific reasons. So I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, I love this one, simply because every single, you know, market, every single industry, every single organization has their own things that are important to them. Yeah. Um, But does any, Patrick, do you know what I'm talking about? I've
0: seen, I think we've shared that before or something like that on a previous webinar, actually, but I don't have my fingers on it. But I I, don't as either, you say, I if anyone has it, you. please, please share that. But we can, we can look for that as well. Um, and, you know, it's, I always find it interesting when, again, talking to clients or pers- prospective clients so often they say uh, they mention their applicant tracking system and they say it's just it's not great or we're get, we need a new one, or we're trying to get a new one. And that's often a common complaint. So I think maybe that explains where Marina's question is coming from. But the bottom line is you just need a way to be able to make sure there's follow up and applicants are, are dealt with in a timely manner, manner and that everyone is doing their part through the process. Yeah. OK, yeah. great. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that as well and again if anyone has that link to the the ats comparison website (laughs) you can put that in the chat um i'll share monica's comment here she says they have an and service level agreement in place but the hiring manager compliance is inconsistent as far as response time for scheduling the interview and providing hiring manager feedback on moving forward. Does that sound similar to what you spoke about earlier? Kind of a consistent, uh, common Absolutely, right? uh, yeah. uh,
1: yes, it absolutely does. And and I believe that, you know, having that service level agreement in place, um, you know, both of you have reviewed it when you had your intake meeting, you both know what the expectations are. And like I said, when you're doing that follow-up email, attach it, you know if it's a pdf what what have you um and you can use it as the gentle reminder um and i mean i guess what i have found is you know doing the extra work of doing the research for my market insights and and you know candidate demographics and things of that nature helped at least in my case the hiring managers to understand that i wasn't just an order taker that i wasn't just you know, going through the motions and looking at resumes and sending them candidates that I was invested. I wanted to know about my candidates and I wanted them to know about their candidates, them meaning the hiring managers. And I think just us as recruiters and talent acquisition people, if we just kind of approach it in a different way and really go towards that more consultative type of role that your hiring managers are then going to start to understand okay, you aren't just an order taker. I'm not just going to bark orders at you. Let's do this collaboratively. And I think it's about changing the mindset and helping to build that relationship ultimately, really. Oh, you're on mute, Patrick. Sorry about
0: that. My neighbors let their dog out, so I muted oh. in the in the meantime. So yeah, so building that relationship, the collaboration, and and as you say, it's consultative and it's a, like a business partnership in terms mm-hmm. of of making sure you're you're both understanding and, and completing both of your roles on both sides. So the, okay, that that's helpful. Christy, you wanted to share with the audience about your customized workshops on this topic. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can find out more if they're interested.
1: Yeah, so I put a QR code right there um, on the slide and you can definitely email me, find me me on LinkedIn. That's that's whichever way is fine, Um, but we do. We, uh, Talent Board, can create customized uh, workshops whether it's for your recruiters or your hiring managers or both. Um, and it, it's customized to what your pain points are, what your challenges are, what your strengths are and building on those strengths, finding those strengths and building on them. Um, just to really help, you know uh, build that relationship, repair relationships, um, I know that there are a lot of new recruiters out there, um, and you know, helping to give them the tools on how to build that relationship with their own hire, with their hiring managers as well. Um, so it's definitely a service that we offer. Um, the workshops can be anywhere from uh, an hour long to 90 minutes to half a day to a full day. Um, it could be in person, it could be virtual. It doesn't matter. We are you know, open to pretty much anything that can definitely provide the solutions that are needed um, in, in whatever needs you have.
0: Well, that's awesome. And again, if they go to that website or they use a QR code, they can find out more information and connect with you to, to learn more.
1: Yes. And there is, um, if they use the QR code, it's going to take them straight um, to our page on our website um, about the customized workshops. And there is uh, a form there as well. Perfect. Um, to fill out, and that will go um, straight to me, actually. So awesome. if you do fill out the form, just know that I'll be seeing it as well.
0: Oh, this is great. Okay, well, thanks so much. This has been really useful information. I think the uh, and the workshops that you offer is go- are going to be of interest to some folks. So hopefully, they can connect with you and and chat about that. And um, I'm gonna take your idea of the QR code and using that as well. So this is the QR code. If you didn't use the web link earlier, you can use the QR code and go visit my online business card. There again, you can find all of our previous webinars, sign up for future webinars, sign up for our Facebook group, Nurse Recruitment Secret, and our newsletter as well. And then also connect with me if you want to learn about how we do go out and find more nurses for healthcare organizations and we can talk about if that's a fit for your organization. So so thanks very much, Christy. Again, really useful information. And I think uh, we did get a great response to this. So I'm glad we could share this today. And again, encourage everyone to reach out to Christy as well if you have questions or want to find out more about what they do and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll continue the conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Patrick. I really, really had a great time. I hope everybody found something useful.
0: Yes, I think they did. Thanks so much, Christy. So on that note, we'll close for today. And I encourage everyone to keep in touch about our next webinar. At this point, we'll be holding that probably in early January. And uh, you can keep in touch with me on LinkedIn or, again, sign up at the link to find out about future webinars. And we will uh, continue to bring on guests to talk about these interesting topics. Thanks, everyone. And thanks again, Christy.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Take care.